Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The Royal Family is falling apart and World War 3 is on the horizon, but the Championship is back, baby. Welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks and I'm joined by the Daniel Stendhal to my Gerhard Struber. It's Justin Peach. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. It did hurt me a bit saying that because I do love Daniel Stendhal, but Gerhard Struber, mwah. Beautiful job. He's got it turned around, hasn't he? Oh, he absolutely has. We'll talk about him in a sec, Justin, because there's been so many derbies this week. And the the kind of derbies that are derbies, but aren't really derbies, if you know what I mean. Apart from the South Wales derby, that actually is a derby. And Derby County. And that is definitely a derby. That is definitely a derby. We'll start with one of the derbies that isn't really a derby. It's the, probably the biggest result of this weekend as well. Wednesday won 2 0 away at Leeds after late goals from Jacob Murphy and Antti Nui Yu. Joe on Twitter says he don't think he doesn't think Wednesday deserved the win, but our lack of killer instinct let them in and it was a smash and grab. Scott on Twitter says classic story of Leeds not being able to finish chances. I don't think that's exactly what happened. Uh, Leeds were nowhere near at no, their best here, no. and Wednesday had the better chances. Whatever the case, it is a loss for Leeds, and they have now just won one in their last six yes. league games. Yes, I've seen a few people say Leeds are falling apart again. Are they? Well, well, they might be cracking, but cracks can be fixed with polyfiller. Yes. That is DIY knowledge. Mm. You're welcome, everybody. But what is the polyfiller in this situation? Um, pro- possibly another mid, uh, another midfielder and a striker. Okay, a backup striker, or just I, I would like one to compete with Bamford. Okay, I don't, I don't think Bamford's the answer for Leeds. In my honest opinion. Well, they've and been I linked think, with a few strikers yeah. because the urgency for another striker mm-hmm. has been picked up by a lot of the media outlets. Yeah. They've linked Leeds with pretty much any available striker mm-hmm. going at the <laughs> moment. Che Adams is one of them, but from what I understand, mm-hmm. Southampton aren't in any hurry to send him out on no. loan anywhere. So I don't think that's going to happen. But they do need some polyfiller, don't they? Yes. And the polyfiller does come in a form of another striker. Absolutely, uh, They are starting to show cracks, our old leads, going mm-hmm. back to what we were saying. Uh, they ha- haven't deserved the win in their last few games. They lost the XG battle in their last three. Yeah. And their usually sturdy defence isn't looking too no. sturdy, conceding 13 goals in their last six. Uh, Leeds fans have every right to be concerned at the moment, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's the adage of the season, Leeds creating chances and not taking them mm. is... I know they have had they have had opportunities in this game, but unfortunately, it's the lack of clean, uh, clear chances, golden chances. Because that's what I mean. And they've lost the XG battle mm-hmm. in the last three games now. When they usually they, they create loads of chances and just don't put them away. In this case, they're not even creating as many chances as they have before. And Wednesday, in my opinion, deserve the win. Well, you know, I you get what you deserve at football. If you lose. You lose. It doesn't matter if you've had 10 shots on target, hit the bar 10 times. If you've lost the game, you've lost the game. Um, and that's at the end of the day, that's all that matters at the end of the season when you've got points on the board. Um, but at the moment, Leeds are in a, a dip of form. Um, but I think the question is, is it the quality of players that is affecting them? You know, We all know that Bielsa's one of the best coach. Well, no, he's the best coach in the league. Possibly in the country. Possibly. One, one of the best coaches in the country. 
and he's got a, a a team that was very average at the point of when he took over. They were top six periphery. Okay. Um, and he's and he's and he's got them playing very very well. Don't get me wrong, they're, they're good players, but as I said, were they mid table standard? You know, it's it when you trying to get into the top two it comes down to individual quality and right now Leeds are, Leeds are being let down by individuals Bamford's not taking chances um, Click's not as prolific going forward as he was last season Costa has yet to get anywhere near the type of player he was at, at Wolves it's slightly worrying to, to, to see this at this point in the season for Leeds because it's a, it's a key time for them really you know Brentford are picking up form um, Fulham are starting to put wins on the board. Mm. There's pressure from behind. Yeah, I can I can kind of see where you're coming from with the um, with the actual quality in the squads because we saw it last season and this season. Leeds started off very well, mm. which is when they're full of energy because yeah. they've just had the summer break, and then they go into the season being able to run around, do the press extremely well, and start off like a house on fire. Yeah. But as the uh, season goes on, those energy levels dip because obviously they've had games, they've just had Mm -hmm. the Christmas period, for God's sake. Um, And then they can't rely on the press as much, so they need to rely on a bit more individual quality. And that's maybe what we're seeing now, whether it lasts for the rest of the season, whether this is just a blip or whether this is it, they're going to start sliding on the table. Mm -hmm. We'll have to see. Brentford are just six points behind Well, exactly. And obviously the best individual player they have at the moment, Hernandez, is currently out. Mm. And he's been out um, already this season and they had a dip in performances and form at that point as well. Yeah, yeah. Final points on Leeds over the course of the last six games. Kiko Casilla has conceded three quarters of the shots on target. It was like that last season. But he started off this season quite well. He and did, then... he did. I'm just not convinced by him. You know, he's a, no. He was a 33-year-old third-choice keeper at the end of the day. Yeah. And that's yeah. showing a bit, I think. Yeah. Either way, it is a brilliant result for Sheffield Wednesday. Three straight losses in the league prior to this result. Uh, the three points takes them up to sixth, but Wednesday will be without Stephen Fletcher for two mm. months because of a knee injury. He is their top scorer yep. with three goals this season. The next high scorer has three. Alarming, to say the very least. Uh, yes. January could end up being a season-defining month for them. Yeah, absolutely. Because they need to bring in another striker if they want to finish in the top six. I've seen Connor Wickham linked, which, considering his injury problems, is a gamble, to say the very least. No, definitely. Although he's had a productive spell at Wednesday before. Yeah. Um, it's kind of it's weird saying that because you look at Chef Wednesday. If you go back to three years ago and you, you get a list of the strikers they have on the books now, you'd be thinking, wow, this team should be top of the league with the goals they've yeah. scored. They've got Neuer, who's always been... A nuisance. He's a, he's, he's, he's a very good option. He's a good squad player. Winnell, who he, he scores goals. Yeah, let's be honest, he scores goals. Jordan Rhodes, we know what he can yeah, do. It's Jordan Rhodes. Uh, Forestieri. Yeah, you know it's, that's four very good options. And I'm, you know, there's there's Murphy, Harris, Adam Reach as well, who've all got ability. Um, but yeah, Fletcher being out. It seems to be it seems to have been a one man band up front this mm. season for them. Do you agree that they need to bring in another striker in January? If it was three years ago, no, with the players yep, they have. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely, I, I, they do need a player who's can pick up form quite quick. Yeah, definitely. Otherwise, they might very well be kissing their playoff hopes goodbye. Let's go to West Brom. They moved top, but could only draw two-two with Charlton. We were talking about Leeds' sloppy form. West Brom are without a win in five. Mm-hmm. It's concerning times for the Albion. Yeah. And- in that in those five games, they've had some really below par performances. Very below par. You know, they um, they created chances against Charlton, but they didn't take them. Um, it's nice to see Zahor get on the score sheet um, from open play as well. <laughs> I forgot he existed. I think <laughs> West Brom fans might have as well. Um, Maybe he did as well. You know, Robson Carnu and uh, Charlie Austin have been um, f- fairly good yeah. so far. Decent enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, same as Leeds, they they need to they need to pick up form. Dion Garner is coming back into the four, which is hugely beneficial for them. Um, yeah, I think most most teams go through these runs at some point in the season. It's better to go through it now than than in April and May, as we saw Leeds last season. Yeah, 
you know, it, it can have a detrimental effect. Yeah. Tom on Twitter says West Brom weren't clinical enough with the chances uh, we had. We're missing <coughs> that clinical striker who can fire us into the Premier League. So many teams need a clinical striker. There's only so many about guys. Mm. Uh, no clean sheet in their last eight games now for West Brom. They haven't conceded too many goals during that period, but a lack of clean sheets, a bit of a worry. Well, you build from the back, don't you? Is the, the cliche in football. Um, good defence, well, good defence wins your titles. Yeah. So, you know, at the moment, Brentford seems to have the best balance. Brentford, if, if, Brentford if, are just amazing yeah, all over the park. If, if, if I'm going to, you know, put a bit of worry onto West Brom and Leeds, they've got the best balance at the moment. So I think West Brom and Leeds both need to get to that to have any chance of finishing the, uh, the top two come May. Yeah, I just want to point you in the direction of someone we have given plenty of praise to this season, but his recent form has been a bit concerning. Mm -hmm. Matias Pereira has had a direct contribution to 15 goals in his first 18 league games this season, hasn't contributed to a single goal in his last seven games. And he's clearly not in form at the moment, which is a big concern because he is an incredibly important player for the Albion, isn't he? No, absolutely. Um, We know the quality has... Um, I think the over-reliance on him over those last seven games hasn't been helped by Dean Garner being out. No, um, There's obviously been a lack of balance. I think Matt Phillips needs to produce a bit more in terms of his, in terms of his final product. Is, there's been opportunities where he's scuppered chances to get a shot on goal. Um, they've got quality players, but they, I think some of them just need to step up a bit just to take them to that next level. Mm. Um, and I think you know they can, they can start to run away with the league because... As a as a squad in the league, they have the best individual players. Okay, there's a shout for it. I think there's quite a few teams who yeah who could argue that. But I, I get where you're coming from. They're definitely in, in the argument for. But sorry, they, they have the best group of individual players, not the right. best individual players. Right. Okay. So they have a you know you got Pereira, Dean yeah, yeah, Garner, yeah, yeah. etc. Um, and it's just about making them gel again because they went through that a very good run of form in the first sort of. Um, half third, yeah, first further the Quadrant. season, yeah, yeah. fractions, um, and yeah, they just need to get to that that level of football again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Charlton one win in their last fifteen games, but this is a big result for them, isn't it? No, absolutely. They de- they desperately needed it. Um, 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 amidst the injury crisis, they got six points out of thirty uh, out of thirty points in the last ten games, which is. Really not good form at all. Yeah, the injury crisis has hit them relatively hard. At a point, it looked like they were getting by uh, without some of their key players. But recently, it's not been ideal. Matt on Twitter says, Delighted with Charlton's performance. Brilliant point and well-deserved. Hopefully, start of something special at the Valley under new owners. Hopefully, that will be the case because Mm -hmm. Charlton have been uh, dragged through the mud a bit. But they are just five points off the bottom three. And considering the way teams around them are going, I'd say Leboya's side are definitely looking down instead of looking oh, yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It's, but that, that game today, sorry, yesterday, that's the sort of fight they need to, to avoid being dragged into a relegation battle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What, as I say, one of the key concerns is that teams around them are picking up points, mm-hmm. Barnsley in particular, who we'll get onto a bit later. So the relegation battle is opening up a bit. Yeah, and I think the key thing for Charlton is they've had this injury crisis. It's been ridiculous. They've had to recall players on loan from teams playing, what, in the sixth, seventh tier? Yeah. Fifth yeah. tier. Um, and they haven't been absolutely pummeled in that time. No, they they've put, they've they put in decent performances, yeah. really. And they've they've been in games. They've they they had that period where they conceded ninety fourth minute goals like three games in a row, some some daft like that. Yeah, yeah. But they haven't been absolutely cannoned or played no, off the park. They've, they've been in games, haven't they? Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the side hot on the heels of Leeds and West Brom. It's Brentford who beat QPR three one. The front three of BMW. All got on the score sheet. I hadn't heard this phrase before this weekend, but it seems to be used everywhere. Is it just me? I hadn't either. It's one of those things where you hear it once and then you just don't stop hearing it. Yeah, you hear it all over the place. I can't believe we didn't pick it up before. I'm quite annoyed that we hadn't noticed uh, that before. But anyway, I remember the days when we were concerned about who's going to replace Neil Morpé's goals. Oh, yeah. But Ben Rama, Embromo and Watkins have scored more goals than eight sides in the Championship this season. They're just an absolute <clears throat> joy to watch, aren't they? 
well, particularly Ben Rama because he, he he's, he's just a showman. Ma- yeah, he's just majestic across the pitch. And Watkins, his movement's brilliant, and he's you know he's a winger, and he gets goals that you know players who have been playing up front for years get. Yeah, he, he did start off as a striker, and then he got moved out to the wing when he uh, joined from Exeter. Mm-hmm. And Embremo deserves praise because he is somebody who doesn't get enough credit. Well, it's quietly gone under the radar, hasn't it? Yeah, and the amount of goals he's got this season has been ridiculous. Yeah, Brentford just six points off the top two now. I'm convinced they're going up automatically because they're just an absolute steam train at the moment. Yeah, for me, it's just a matter of who's going to drop out of the top two because they're both faltering. Well, Brentford are absolutely flying. Everyone's in form for them. I can't see any anyone stopping them right now. Yeah, um, but it's you know it's a long half of the season to go. You know, Brentford for me have probably they don't have the strength and depth that West Brom have. Mm. Um, they're probably more comparable to Leeds in terms of the depth they have. Um, so let's say Watkins get in, gets injured, I think they might struggle a little bit. Obviously. Um, but the good thing is, you know, yesterday De Silva didn't look anywhere near the pace or the form he's been showing this season and it didn't affect them. Um, so it's, that tells you that players are picking up slack yeah. all over the pitch, yeah, which absolutely. isn't which isn't the case for some of the teams mm. up there. Tommy on Twitter says it's time to mention the excellence of the midfield three, yeah, Josh absolutely. De Silva, Jensen and Norgaard. Uh, we need to move on so we can't talk about this too too long, but those three... Three players we well to silver we've given plenty of praise mm-hmm. to, but Norgard and Jensen fantastic, aren't they? Nor- Norgard yesterday was unbelievable. He played that pivot role beautifully. It's the, he's that's the type of player you need in there. He was across the pitch, winning balls, spraying balls, laying the ball off, uh, and then Jensen breaking lines, perfect number eight, really good. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think too many people were expecting QPR to get anything from this game um, because of how good Brentford have been mm-hmm. recently. Um, QPR are in an interesting position because they're not a million miles off the top six and have scored the second most goals yeah. this season. Yeah. <laughs> more, but more than Brentford, it's worth pointing out as well. Mm-hmm. And I know I've given QPR plenty of stick, but if they keep hold of Eberechieze and really sort out that defence, then I think they can definitely challenge for the playoffs. <laughs> the only issue is that defence needs a lot of work. Oh, yeah. That's 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 holding them back, Barnon. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's fairly obvious to say, yeah. but... It is so so bad their mm-hmm. defence. Yeah, and 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 yesterday second half QPR they they troubled Brentford on occasion, um, but you know it probably only highlights the naivety of the team. Um, the defence is shocking. Um, they're lucky they are where they are because they're as good as they they are going forward. Um, as you said, they're the second highest scorers in the league, but they also had the second worst defence in the league. Mm. They conceded fourteen goals from set pieces, which is joint highest with Wigan. Um, so. To some extent, when does it become poor coaching? Because it's been repetitive. And we've praised Mark Warburton a lot. I, I think he's the, the key factor in this QPR team being where they are. Um, because without him, I don't think they'd be anywhere near... Well, they'd be nowhere near the playoffs. Mm. Um, but you've got to address these issues. You know, I know they were missing license yesterday, but he's not... Well, they've got the second worst de- uh, defence in the league, so he's not going to be a huge difference. Um they're going to lose players in the summer as well. Uh, as far as I'm aware, Ryan Manning's contract is up. Uh, Asai Samuels is up as well, although I think he's got a year extension. Hugo Wells and Luke Amos alone. The two keepers that they've got are relatively poor. So where do, where do QPR fans see this QPR team going? Because they, they may more than likely will lose Ize as well. So it's a bit of a worry for, for QPR, I think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's stick with the promotion base. Another side who can't be discounted for are Fulham. After Ivan Cavalero's goal saw them beat Hall 1-0. A beautiful goal as well. The way mm. he's just curled it into the far corner. The way he dips as well. Oh, delightful. It, it, almost, it makes you think Long's got a chance, but he's got absolutely no chance of getting no, it. No, absolutely. It's a great goal. When the keeper's just stood there as well, it adds that little mm. bit more to the goal. So thank you for that, George Long. Uh, Fulham <laughs> just a point behind Brentford, which is bizarre to me, because I don't really recall Fulham putting together any sustained run of form particularly uh, this season it's very yeah. odd uh, one big issue is Alexander Mitrovic went off injured mm. and Scott Parker's admitted it doesn't look very good for him can they battle for the automatics without Alexander Mitrovic we've seen Kamara step up Reed's 
just started to get into it a bit. You know, he's starting to get on the score sheet. Um, and he's a good player, Bobby Reid, at this level. But, uh, it's weird saying this, but is there, a, is there a good time getting injured or getting a striker injured down in January? You'd say January is a good time. The early January, it gives you plenty yeah. of time to find a replacement, doesn't it? Because we don't know how long Mitrovic is going to be out for mm-hmm. yet. It definitely looks like it's <clears> going to be a few weeks at the very least. Yeah. Um, so you'd imagine they have to bring someone in, don't they? I think anyway, they, they might be better off bringing someone in. Just a lone um, player who's going to compete with Mitrovic because they don't have an out-and-out striker who is competing with Mitrovic. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he's individually he's probably the best striker in the division. Oh, easily. easily. Um, best number nine, anyway. I'd um, say he's still the best striker. Yeah. So they probably need someone who they can rely on as another source of goals. Mm. They've got knockout Cavaliero, but again, they haven't really performed this season. No. Um, so just to bring somebody in, just to give them a bit of support, I think would be would be the right thing to do anyway. Yeah. And with Mitrovic being injured now, it means that that striker, whoever they get it, mm-hmm. presuming they do get someone in, is going to get a run of games, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Whether it's someone like Enketia, for mm-hmm. example, who Arsenal recalled from Leeds because he wasn't getting game time. If he goes to Fulham now, he's going to get game time. And he's playing in a top side as well. He's going to get so much service. It'll be <laughs> unbelievable. So Enketia to Fulham would not be the worst shout on earth. I think that is a bad shout. Why? Because Fulham play one one up front. Scott Parker, as we've seen this season, isn't going to change his tactics or formation. They've played 4-3-3 all season. And Ketia will, as soon as Mitrovic is back, Ketia will not get a game. But we don't know how long Mitrovic is going to be out for. From the, what Scott yeah. Parker's saying, it could be a few months at this If rate. it's six months, all the way to May, which is five months, <laughs> <laughs> um, then yeah, it's a good loan. Um, but if not, then no. I think they, they're better off getting someone probably with more, a bit more experience as well. Such as? Lyle Taylor. Lyle <clears throat> Taylor? Okay. Not not the worst shout either, but um, as I say, I, I think Nketiah would work at Fulham. It's just my opinion, because I think, um, as I say, he'll get plenty of service. That's what Arsenal wants him to have. There you go. Give him the games. Get service, but not games. Okay. Hull, Grant McCann admitted uh, his size didn't deserve anything from this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a way, he is right because Hull was poor, but so were Fulham. Uh, there's still three points off the playoffs, though. Grant McCann needs to strengthen them in this transfer window, yeah. without a doubt, because the teams around them are doing it and they need to do it too. Anything else you want to add? Um, no, I think Fulham learned from the game at Craven Cottage. They were a bit more restrictive, which is why McDonald played. Yeah. Or would, would give us indication as to why McDonald played. They've probably staffed Hull a little bit, um, not quite at it. They they probably could do with a couple more, a couple more in. Um, so it'd be an interesting few weeks for Hull. Yeah, I think. absolutely. Let's head to the South Wales derby where it finished nil nil between Cardiff and Swansea. It wasn't a classic. There were a few chances, but most of the action was in terms of tackles and general scrapping. I'm going to make a case for local derbies being incredibly overrated games on telly. Do you mean in terms of the actual quality of? The games or... All quality just disappears. There are only a few probably Yorkshire derbies where it there's a little bit of you know grit and quality, like Leeds Chef Wednesday. I, I don't think there's... I think that's the case in every derby, though. Well, unless unless yeah. you're talking about a Premier League derby when yeah. it's Man City v Man U, where the fans pretend to hate each other, but they don't really. Yeah. Because they're plastic fans. Yeah. And the two sets of teams are just good quality teams. Mm-hmm. In the championship, the fans genuinely don't like each other mm-hmm. and it just ends up being like this game was. A really damp squib. Well, in terms of quality, yeah, but in terms of the you know tackles flying around, that kind of thing, there was plenty of that. Yeah, but I want to see goals, Ryan. That's why I, that's why I watched them on the telly, to be entertained. You didn't enjoy Rian Brewster on his debut being smashed by, I can't remember who it was, it might have been Morrison. Probably no, I don't. I didn't. I, I, it's <laughs> local rivalries. I think are better games. So when when a team has a rivalry with another team that has that is just nowhere near each other, like Derby Leeds, for example. Okay. Um, those games are slightly more interesting because there's a bit more bite there, especially recent history. Whereas I go back to Derby Forest. Um, the goal, uh, the game earlier on this season was separated by 
a mistake. Um, And that's what these games are separated by, usually a mistake or a lapse in concentration, um, which is probably why this game finished 0-0, because both defences were fairly on it. Yeah, Considering both sides are chasing the playoffs, I don't think this point really helps either of them, does it? Is that something you'd agree with? I mean... Neither team will want to lose. Sometimes no. local derby defeats, they can set you on a wrong path um, just because of the, the magnitude of the game. Um, but yeah, I think 0-0 doesn't really help them, but doesn't hinder them either. No. I, I, we are heading towards the business end of the season. Yeah. We're not in it yet. I don't class this as the business end. The business end is in a couple of months. This is the negotiation. Yeah, we're still in the negotiations and then we're getting to the finalisation bit. Yeah. But, business, business deals. But as we head towards the business end... Some of these teams, because there are so many teams who are still challenging for the playoffs at the moment, yeah, they'll start to get whittled down, mm-hmm. and a, a point doesn't really help either of them in not being whittled down. If that makes sense, yeah, yeah. Rian Brewster did make his debut, as mentioned. Uh, what did you make of his performance? Well, Swansea didn't really threaten Cardiff going forward. No, uh, they were relatively quiet. Um, he's a good striker. Um, but I think it would take him a few games to, to really get going with Swansea. Swansea of late have been relatively blunt. Um, so they've creatively, they've got to do a lot more mm. to, to give Rian Brewster uh, you know, service. Um, it was disappointing to see Sam Surridge go back to Bournemouth because I think he's been a, a very good option for, for Swansea, especially late in games. Yeah. That surprised me, that uh, move. But mm. yeah, Rian Brewster's not <clears throat> a bad player. To no, get absolutely, in, he? yeah. He's one of those players who has been touted mm-hmm. as a, has a promising future yeah. and for Liverpool to loan him out says a lot about what Steve Cooper uh, how good he is a coach yeah. he worked with him at the England Under-17 World Cup mm-hmm. where they won it so it'll be interesting to see how he does at Swansea and if he can win the World Cup again with Swansea potentially he could at Oakwell Barnsley continued their resurgence with a 2-1 win over Huddersfield, Joe on Twitter says Barnsley have improved so much under Streber. Offensively against Huddersfield, we were class. What a job Gerhard Streber is doing to turn things around. One loss in their last seven games now for Barnsley. Mm-hmm. It looked like they were de- dead and buried. I said they were dead and buried. Yeah, we both did. And But they're now just one point from safety. Streber deserves so much credit for what he's doing. Oh, if he keeps them up, then would you go as far to say it's the best managerial achievement of the season. I think so, yeah. Because this Barzi team, they got rid of their best players in the summer. Um, defensively, they were a shambles. Yeah. Um, they weren't too good going forward either. Um, they had they had players. The, they had the, a, the squad was just generally poor, mm-hmm. isn't it really? And, and there's no experience there at all. Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, if Bielsa gets Leeds up uh, and, and Bilic gets West Brom up or Thomas Frank gets Brentford up, I still think Struber keeping Barnsley up would be the, as you said, the biggest achievement this season. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's done a fantastic job, hasn't he? he? Even if he doesn't keep them up and they just go down by the skin of their teeth, he um, will still deserve a lot of credit for the job that he's done. And it sets them up in good stead for... A, push it promotion next one next season in league one no absolutely um as i said you know he, he deserves a huge amount of uh, a huge amount of credit you know he's focused on the team's strengths which is obviously their attack they've scored 20 goals since struber's taken charge yeah um compared to 16 before that i know there's only four goal difference but the biggest change is defensively um they conceded 17 under struber but before that they conceded 33 yeah so he's got this side defensively assured or more defensively assured than they were. Yeah, still um, not completely there yet, but a lot better. I mean, this run of form—if he's not completely there yet—who knows what they can do when he properly gets them going? Yeah, and he's bringing in his own players as well that he knows that he trusts. So I think this team can get better. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about the signings he's brought in uh, a bit later on. I'm a big fan of his dress sense because he dresses exactly so casual, like a middle-aged European. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Trainers mm. on big flashy white trainers, mm. bobble hats. Love it. Go on, Gerhard. <laughs> in my head, Huddersfield are dragging themselves away from the relegation places. But in reality, they're not really, are they? They're just four mm. points ahead of Barnsley now in 20 seconds. And with Barnsley's form, you'd say Huddersfield are the chief candidates to replace them in the relegation zone if Barnsley carry on the, the way they are. I mean, there are a few teams down there at the moment. At one point, I thought Borough would be 
sweating that, but they've had a good run of form as well. Huddersfield, I think they're just they're just limping through the season. Um, they're battered and bruised from last season uh, and the start they had this season. The best they can do is trying to stay away from a relegation battle because um, I don't think the players have got. I don't think the players have got the bottle for it. Okay, that's quite a damning assessment, isn't it? Um, yeah, you know they didn't have it last season. I know quality-wise, it just wasn't there. Um, but they got some big players at Championship level. You know, big players, really big players. Yeah. You look at the likes of Grant, Pritchard, uh, Mounier, Schindler. These are big names mm-hmm. at this level, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And um, apart from Grant, none of them have really done much for Huddersfield this season. No. Um, so yeah, they're, they're limping through it. They really are, and it's it. They're just trying to get to the end of the season, so the Cowboys can really start to implement their, you know, look and feel yeah. onto onto the to- onto the yeah, side. Absolutely, just a quick shout out for the young lad uh, Lewis O'Brien, who scored oh an absolute God, screamer. Yes. <laughs> Nearly forgot about that. Yeah, he scored an absolute screamer, but couldn't celebrate it because they were losing at the time. Bless him. That's disgraceful. Oh my God, that Beautiful goal was so good. A really good goal. Fair play to him. Off to the Medeski we go, where there were two goals after the 94th minute as Reading drew one all with Forrest um, in our mutual group chat that we're yes. both in. <laughs> you uh, didn't realise that no. Forrest conceded in the last minute. All I saw was Ben Watson score and it, I saw the time and I was like, all right, it's a win then. Congrats on your win. <laughs> this game shows why you shouldn't leave a game early. Anything could yeah. happen. It's weird, really, because even though the two teams were expecting a draw in the 94th minute and mm. ended up getting a draw, Forest fans feel like they've dropped two points and Reading feel like they've won the game. Well, yeah, that's football, isn't it? it yeah. is, it's cruel and it's amazing. It, <laughs> but it is very sloppy for a side to concede so soon after scoring, isn't it? Just being a bit, a bit more serious for a sec. Well, it's sloppy to concede... 90 plus minutes yeah. for any side so you know that's a strike against Reading mm. <laughs> so you know Forrest won it up and then to, to concede so late well so soon after scoring yeah. seconds afterwards um, it's, slop, it's sloppy against Forrest that's a strike against Forrest it, you know a team going from promotion you need to be so much stronger than that in the last mm. just commit a foul or something it's it such a sloppy goal as well. Yeah, really it really sloppy. was. It really was. It, Sam on Twitter says a feeling of sheer ecstasy became disbelief and disappointment. Fair result on the balance of play, but tough to take. Mister Hill on Twitter says Forest doing a Forest. Still, bigger picture is we're still in the mix. Still think we're overachieving to be in the top six. I'd have to disagree there. Go on. I think they are. I think top six. I mean, you predicted it for starters at the start of the season. They've had. They've spent a fair bit of money on players. Mm. You know, Graben costs six million. He's on a fair bit, a fair, uh, a large wage. Um, the 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 squad overhaul and the players they've got. It's weird. I work in Nottingham, so I see a lot of Forest players walking around. I saw I saw Michael Heffley, um last week. If I saw Michael Heffley in the street and he punched me, I would not know who he is. <laughs> I know who Michael Heffley is, yeah. but I wouldn't recognise him. Well, he's a big guy, so he's very hard to miss. Okay, I enough. saw Pantamillion last year as well. So, Well, he's definitely not hard to miss. Yeah. You can see him from here, I think, if you look out the window. But that's just the squad depth, and they're players that aren't playing. Yeah, yeah. You forget about that as well, yeah. don't you? Uh, John on Twitter says, Reading deserved at least a draw, encouraging that we can make a team in the playoffs resort to constant time-wasting. It's an away game. Yeah. A point suits both sides, really, I think, anyway, because they're both in good form mm-hmm. and it just keeps their respective runs of form going. Stat-wise, they were very even in the game. Mm. A draw would have been a fair result before the the um, last-minute chaos. Chaos. Uh, Luton won Birmingham two goals from Jukvits and Gary Gardner were enough for Blues. One in win in 12 before this, a much-needed win for Pep Clotet's yeah. side, especially after a tough week off the pitch, which we'll talk a bit about later mm-hmm. on, Justin. Uh, you look at the table and you'd say Blues should be safe from relegation, but if they get a points deduction, which, as I mentioned, we'll talk about in a sec, we don't <laughs> talk about it yet, then they could be in a bit of danger. Um, oh, yeah. So, really, as things stand at the moment, they need to get points on the board, mm-hmm. don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, nine points out of... 30 um, over the last 10 games isn't isn't good enough that is shocking yeah, really shocking they've conceded a lot of goals in that time as well you know the, the 5-4 game against Leeds sort of epitomises them um, a little bit 
Um, so yeah, it's a good result for for Birmingham. They, it'd be fair to say that they they absolutely battered Luton. You know, mm-hmm. they, they were they were all over him. Graham Jones came out and said as well that as the worst. Sorry, they showed the like, the least confidence that they've shown all season. Okay, um, which sort of shows you how how Birmingham played, and for a team to be in as poor form as they are, as they are, um, you know, it's, it's a pretty good good result for. For Birmingham. Yeah, Dave on Twitter says the fat Luton fans had to wait till about 94 minutes before we gave Lee Camp any work to do. Pretty much sums up our season. Mm-hmm. No wins in seven for Luton. I don't give them much chance of staying up. But if they do want to stay up, they need signings. But it's been eerily quiet on the transfer yeah, side of things. Bizarre, that is. Graham Jones has admitted the window hasn't been great so far. So it looks like they are trying to get players in. But it's not going very well so far, which kind of sums up their season. Yes. Well, we all know how hard it is to get players in of relatively good value for for a team like Luton who don't have the biggest budget. Mm. You know, they're going to be they're going to be um, stringent with their with their signings. Well, it's going to be hard to attract many players at all, really, I think, because they haven't got much money, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. They're in a, a pretty terrible position at the moment. It's not ideal no. being head of recruitment at Luton, really, because you've got your bloody work cut out, haven't you? Trying to convince players to come to a team that are bottom of the league, worst defence in the league, mm. you know, in a relegation battle. It's very hard to convince players yeah. to come in. And there there is much quality there. in that squad as it is, so they need to, they need a high turnover of players in this window, really, yeah. if they stand any chance of staying up. So, tough times for Graham Jones and the Hatters at the Riverside. It was Middlesbrough 2, Derby 2, two of the form teams in the Championship. Borough banging form, Derby just hitting mm. top form. <clears throat> but Borough will be disappointed to not win this, considering yes. they were winning and Derby's current away form. No, absolutely. They, uh, Borough were all over Derby um, at times, which is we've not said that too many times this season. Um, and again, from the Borough perspective, from the Borough yeah. perspective, yeah. Um, so their run of form is deserved. You know, I thought again, as I said earlier on in the episode, I thought they were going to struggle this season, but they've you know Woodgate's turned it around and he's got players playing. You know, Fletcher was superb yesterday. He, he ran Curtis Davis and Matt Clark ragged. And um, Patrick Roberts, again, was he's turning out to be a good signing. Yeah. I know he only played two games, but he was very good yesterday. Yeah, I wanted to just put the spotlight on him for a sec because he looked really lively, mm-hmm. didn't he? And I think Borough have played an absolute blinder getting him in. Mm-hmm. And there'll be a few clubs who will be kicking themselves for not Having a look at them, looking at have a look at him themselves because he's a he's a quality player. Absolutely, as we mentioned last week when we were talking about how Borough have signed him, he was quality at Celtic, and now from what I've seen in it's only two games, but from what I've seen so far, he's looked absolutely brilliant. Yeah, he's gone straight into the Borough side and completely like their attack was very straightforward. I thought. Mm. There wasn't a lot of flair there, um, but Patrick Roberts has added something a little bit different. He yeah. carries the ball very, really, really well, and he links up with the forwards very, very well. Yeah. He's a fantastic dribbler, isn't yeah. he? And he's also he's so creative. He could end up being a very, very good signing uh, for Middlesbrough. Mm-hmm. Is there something else you wanted to say? No. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I think also maybe give Ashley Fletcher a bit of credit as well because yeah. we gave him oh, loads yeah. of stick at the we, start we of the season. Him, yeah. yeah, we absolutely destroyed him. But he has really turned it around and he's starting to show the kind of form what we expected of him when he was a youngster, really. Because mm. he, he's still quite young now, but he is early 20s and he was looking a bit out of his depth at championship level. But now he is absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. as well and really... Turned out to be a bit of a handful for the Derby defence. Uh, Wayne Rooney is unbeaten as a Derby player. Um, <laughs> you're shaking, shaking your head like... And? <laughs> yeah. Wayne Rooney's Derby. Uh, I want to give a bit of praise for Dwayne Holmes. Because mm. his recent form has gone under the radar, really. Has, he got yeah. the winner here. And he's been absolutely superb recently mm-hmm. uh, for uh, Philip Koku. If Derby know what's good for them, then... They should try and make more signings like Dwayne Holmes. And by that, I mean cheap players from the lower leagues because he's probably been Derby's only good value signing from the past five years. Just, you can't, I can't disagree, uh, disagree with that. He's been fantastic recently. Yeah. Sure, he was lacking a bit of form um, 
a, a, like a month ago. But when he is on form, he's a fantastic player, isn't he? Yeah, and again, another another player who's you know, he's dribbling ability is unbelievable at yeah. times. Um, Hard you know, worker as well. Yeah, absolutely. I just wish you know he'd, he'd score more goals and uh, get more assists, but. His form, as you say, has been absolutely brilliant. And there are players out there. Um, one that I particularly like is Sheldon Baptista at Oxford. Um, he's one is a, he's of a similar mould to Dwayne Holmes. Mm. Probably not a similar value, um, just because. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. <laughs> so yeah, you know there are there are good players out there, but teams just like throwing money at useless yep. players. Yep, Derby are probably chief candidates for that. Uh, Jamie Patterson inspired Bristol City to a 2-0 win at Wigan. He was on loan at Derby earlier this season, mm. but him going back to Bristol City is like a new signing, really, isn't it? Because he was fantastic. He came off the bench, got a goal and an assist. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I put in my notes. You know, he's he is a good player. Uh, it's mm. as a Derby supporter, it's really frustrating seeing us let him go, and we've still got someone like Tom Lawrence who I. I think Jamie Patterson is much better than Tom Lawrence, which is sure to be controversial, but, you know, Bristol City have got an, a new player, um, a very good impact player off the bench, and, um, you know, he can be inconsistent, but players of his sort of style are, you know, flair players, number 10s, not quite wingers, not not quite number 10s, not quite playmakers. Yeah. They can struggle for consistency, but when a team plays well or... You know, you can come off the bench and impact. They're good players. Yeah, absolutely. Lee on Twitter says, we played horrendously, Bristol City. Uh, but as soon as we got the first goal, we were in control. Five losses in their last six games before this game for Lee mm-hmm. Johnson. It should hold off the Boo Boys for the time being because he was under a bit of pressure he was. before this game. Um, they are still only a point off the top six, though. and They've got a very generous run of games coming mm-hmm. up. Barnsley, Reading, QPR, Birmingham and Derby at home, as we're pointing out. So you'd expect Bristol City to maybe pick up a few points along the way. But, but go on. Oh, there's a big but here. Oh, they're, they're streaky, aren't they? They're, they're becoming that side we know they are. Streaky Lee Johnson. Streaky Lee Johnson. Yeah, there you go. Uh, one final thing I just wanted to point out. Fomara Jesus disallowed goal. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. <laughs> well, that's the annoying thing because yesterday he was, from a Bristol City perspective, he was unplayable. He was quality yesterday. Yeah. And he scored two very good goals. It's just a shame that one of them was chalked off. <laughs> it's a goal of the season contender, isn't oh my, it? Yeah. I don't think I've seen too many balls hit that well. And I don't think Jesus scored many goals outside the area as well. So that no. is devastating for no. him. Uh, Will on Twitter says, Wigan were inept aimless passing and controlled a lot of the ball without showing any attacking intent. I find it quite disgusting that there are honest, hard-working people out there who are struggling to find work, yet Paul Cook is stealing a living. Wow. Wow, that is harsh. I mean, I've I've been very critical of Paul Cook, but that is next-level harsh. Justin, one win in 15 now. It's like they're not even bothered about staying up at this rate I don't know uh, I've had, I've said what I needed to say on Paul Cook on maybe every episode so far this season um, but I thought Wigan might have been a bit unlucky yesterday they had okay. to, they had seven, uh, seven shots on target see it's not is... the first time that's happened for Wigan though yeah. where they have had a decent amount of shots mm-hmm. and some good quality chances as well but it's just not putting the ball in the back of the net but at the end of the day you're not getting points on the board yep. so that's... something needs to change well, yeah, not a sniff of a goal. You know, it's, it's, they need a they need a championship striker who can put the ball in the net. Mm. You know, Kevin Phillips still available. Kevin Phillips. Imagine. <laughs> I, I'd have him over those in his current state right now as a mid forties retired striker who's a coach. I'd have him above those Wigan strikers. Is he a coach there? He's not a coach though. He's well, he's, he's a coach. It's just. I thought it was a bit random that like you picked Kevin Phillips out of everyone. Just an old player who is very good goal scorer at this level, who okay. hasn't been around for years, would, would be better than the current Wigan strikers. Uh, worth pointing out, Wigan have got a seriously tough run of games coming up as well, so uh, one to keep an eye on there. At Deepdale, it was another derby. It was Preston 1, Blackburn 1. Uh, Lukey on Twitter said Preston were lucky to get a point, if I'm honest. Take the point and we move on. This game wasn't as exciting as when the two sides met earlier in the season. 
Uh, but Neil, uh, Neil Alex, Alex Neil was accused of being a bit negative about playing for a point. Uh, but a point isn't too bad considering their recent form, is it? Because they lost three games before this. Um, perhaps not, and they've. You know, they just brought in Scott Sinclair as well, who's going to add something slightly different and to we'll their attack. Don't get ahead of yourself. Half my point. Right. He's adding something different to their tag. Okay. Well, we could talk about that again in a sec. Let that's me just, the end of that. Let point. me just tell you no, one that's fact. That's the end of your point. Let me tell you one okay, fact. On. This was at Ewood Park, not Deepdale. Oh, sorry. <laughs> 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 my bad. Uh, let's move on. Josh Harrop's volley. Sweet baby Jesus. His celebration was great as well. Oh, yeah. Just giving it the Blackburn fans. Yeah. But the way he's controlled that volley, because that is a seriously hard volley to do because it's quite high up on his body. It's very easy to just sky that into row Z. But the way he has controlled that and smashed it into the top of the net, well done to you, Josh Howard. He's got that, bit, he's got that ability, hasn't he? Yeah. Uh, it's frustrating we don't see it enough. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, Adam Armstrong has contributed to seven goals in nine games now. And for me... He's a bit of an underrated player from our perspective. Blackburn fans have started to give him a bit more praise mm-hmm. because he is the only one scoring goals, really, out of the yeah. uh, attacking side of their play. Mm-hmm. But for us, maybe we need to give Adam Armstrong a bit more credit for being actually quite a good player. Yeah, well, it's, he's only just started to come into form probably you know, post-November. Yeah. He's started to really pick up now, and and that's good for, for good for Blackburn. It's good for him because he's got he's got a lot of ability. Yeah, he's and, got a lot of pace as well, mm-hmm. and he's still relatively young as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Blackburn, you know, they paid a fair bit for him. So I, actually, I don't think they did. I, I think I a million. A, I thought it was a few million. It wasn't that much. They worth. they paid a lot for Gallagher and Brereton, as we as we both know. Well, maybe maybe, maybe it's just a stigma of those two transfers that's misleading me a <laughs> little just, bit. You just assume that Blackburn overpay for their strikers. Yeah, Danny Graham cost seven million, didn't he? Did he? No. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say. <laughs> you had a very serious look at him when you said that. Uh, but yeah, Adam Armstrong, quality player. Mm-hmm. Good to see him in great form, isn't it? Absolutely. Gary Rowett, Derby, Stoke nil, Millwall nil. Not the most exciting game. Uh, the only thing of note that happened was Sean Williams being sent off for killing out Liam Lindsay. Just dropping the people's elbow, uh, people's elbow on him. It was brutal, wasn't it? It was, and his perplexed look when he got shown the red card. And Alex Pierce's, what I reaction, and Alex Pierce's <laughs> reaction was incredible. Um, but it was maybe just a little bit of a red card. Yeah, maybe just a little bit. Uh, ben on Twitter says, usually I'd be miffed with a drab nil-nil against Millwall, but there's a broader sense that Michael O'Neill is turning it around at Stoke, which is good because Stoke fans have not had much to cheer about for the last three seasons. So <laughs> yeah. the fact that they're starting to feel a bit more positive about things, that's all right, isn't it? It's nice. Yeah. It is nice. It is nice. Let's go on to the other news from the week, Justin, because it is the January transfer window. We're kind of splitting this up into transfers and then general championship news. We'll start off with the transfers side of things. One which you've already spoiled. I'm sorry for observing football matches. Preston have signed Scott Sinclair. Um, What were you going to say about this? I've pretty much already said it. It's a very good signing for Preston. One that surprises me a little bit because... It's not the usual. It's not the type of player they go for in terms yeah. of age, potential wage. Um, just because I imagine he's on a, a fair bit at Celtic. Yeah. He was a key player for them for a while. So, but but anyway, it is a good signing. He's maybe past his best a little bit, but I think they need that sort of player, especially at the top of the pitch, just to guide them through games a little bit. And, you know, he's a clinical player, which again is something that Preston need. I can't say I'm too inspired by this signing. We praise a lot of the signings that clubs made, but this one wasn't the most impressive. Because, as you say, he is getting on a bit. He's mm-hmm. 30 now, and he hasn't played much for Celtic this season. He's only made a handful of appearances, so it doesn't get me off my seat that much. And as you say, his wages, he'll be on a fair bit. Um, this may very well come back to bite me on the arse because we know yeah, what he's he capable yeah. of. Great dribbler, can finish chances, but I'm not inspired by this. But just imagine if Preston get to the final of the playoffs. It's a penalty shootout. You They've want got him. Paul Gallagher, Daniel Johnson oh. and Scott Sinclair. There you go. They've thought about it. Yeah. They've, they've thought, best chance we've got going up, playoffs. If it comes to a penalty shootout, 
with one. There you go. Uh, Swansea have loans for Ian Brewster. We've kind of touched on this mm-hmm. already. Um, oh, spoiler alert. We've kind of touched on this already. <laughs> but they need someone else to help Andre Ayo out with the goals, don't yeah, they? So, uh, yeah. uh, Huddersfield have brought in Emil Smith-Rowe on loan mm. and Richard Stearman on F3. Uh, Smith-Rowe is interesting. I don't recall him playing much for Arsenal because they've got so many players with double babbled names that I lose track of who's who. <laughs> but yeah. this one is an interesting one. It's a good signing. It is a good it's, signing. He's a player that sort of burst onto the scene when Arsenal were playing on Thursday nights. Yeah, yeah. And he went on loan to RB Leipzig, didn't he? Yeah, he didn't play much. I'm not surprised. No. Um, um, but yeah, good signing. It'll be interesting to see uh, how he progresses. Yeah, at this level, it's a very good signing. And Stearman could turn out to be a half-decent signing as well. Yeah, Danny, Danny Simpson seemed to steady the ship for them at fullback for a bit. Mm. Um, so I think Stearman uh, comes into the same as a, you know, same sort of player, same mole yeah. experience. Been promoted a fair few times from, yeah. from the Championship as well. Let's test out my pronunciations. Uh, Barnsley have brought in Marcel Ritzmeier from Gerhard Struber's former club, Wolfsberger. Uh, the Tykes have also brought in Killian Ludwig from Red Bull Salzburg. <laughs> Is it Red Bull Salzburg or RB Salzburg? Because I think they changed the name. Either way, RB yeah. Salzburg. Um, so I don't think you've got too much to say about these two. I, you don't watch. You don't watch much Austrian football, do you? Uh, can't say I do. No. It might be something to get into. No. Um, uh, it is worth pointing out Marcel Ritzmeier is now Barnsley's oldest player in their squad. I think at is the age of twenty six. Twenty six <laughs> years old, and I think he's the oldest player in the squad. Not completely sure about that, but he's definitely up there. So um, if, wow. If, well, I mean, if we were in the squad, we'd be amongst the oldest then. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're both experienced heads. 25 years old, 26 next month. We should have, I mean, it's too late now, but maybe when in the midst of their really bad form, we should have... Give them a call. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just want to point out a few departures as well in the Championship, because I found these quite interesting. Uh, Middlesbrough have sent out Marcus Brown and Mark Boller on loan to Oxford and Blackpool, respectively. Which Two is- players we thought were going to feature quite a lot for Middlesbrough this season but it's not really worked out for them no they're also going back to the teams they signed them from as well yeah yeah I mean I'm not surprised because Marcus Brown's been poor and Colson's been ahead of um, Bowler so yeah and then another one who we expected to feature quite a lot this season Mark, uh, Cameron McGeehan has left Barnsley to mm. go on loan to Portsmouth weird because he was in the League One team of the season last season wasn't he or so- was it the PFA it was one of them. He was in a team of the season because yeah. he was a key member of that Barnsley mm. team and hasn't really played much this season. Very odd. Sometimes you're just a League One player. Ooh. I think Cameron again might fit into that mould. He's still early 20s, I believe, so he, he could potentially uh, make the step up to the Championship one day. Whether it's with Barnsley or Portsmouth, we'll have to wait and see. Some of the other news from this week. Birmingham City could be facing a second points deduction in two seasons after being charged with breaching financial rules by the EFL. Uh, the clubs say the charge relates to a breach of a business plan imposed by the league last season. I think what that means is they're expected to sell players last January, but didn't. Um, if you want to hear a bit more about this, you can mm-hmm. listen to the uh, Second Tier Meets episode that was released this week with Birmingham Fan TV. Uh, we go very much in depth about the whole yeah. situation there. Uh, anything you want to want to add on this, really? Um, it adds pressure on Birmingham to sell their biggest asset, who you know, is Bellingham. Mm. And you don't really want to do that. You want to see players of your own develop, but unfortunately they might not get a chance to, to, to see that because of... Being poorly run. Yeah, they're definitely being poorly run. Um, it's worth pointing out from what a lot of people seem to think online, um, they won't face another points deduction. It yeah, seems like that. it'll probably yeah, yeah. just be a fine. So that's good news for Birmingham because it's not like the points deduction last season where it didn't really mean anything if they got a nine-point deduction this season. It would they would be in a bit of trouble. Sticking with Blues, they could be playing away at Coventry City in the next round of the FA Cup, meaning they could be the away fans at St Andrews. It'd be an interesting experience because I imagine majority of the Birmingham City fans would not have been in that away stand. No. So it's a different take on it the is. game. It definitely is a different take. It, from what I understand, or from what Blues fans are telling me anyway, they don't necessarily have to give Coventry the uh, whole allocation, the home allocation, I mean, and they could just make it half feet half, I think, or just give them whatever they want. So I don't know how it works, but if that does happen, they've still got to 
face Bristol Rovers, I believe it is, in the uh, in a replay. But whatever happens, it'll be interesting. We want it to happen because it'll be good trivia in a couple of years. It will be. It definitely will be. Imagine if they got a replay. They just play. <laughs> <laughs> be back at St Andrews in a couple yeah. of weeks. Uh, Gary Medine's left Cardiff by mutual consent. He joined for £6 million in 2016, failed to score a single goal. It's weird because Neil Harris was just saying not long ago that Medine's a reliable striker. Mm. And he played a few games when uh, Harris initially came in. So, I mean, I like Neil Harris, but at no point at Championship level has Gary Medine been a reliable striker. He was all right at Bolton. For half a season. It's still all right. <laughs> I I got I'm a bit here. I got stick from a Cardiff fan a couple of years ago for calling out that signing to being a bad signing, and I hope that Cardiff fan is now licking his wounds. Yeah, <laughs> it's clear something's happened, hasn't it? We won't um, drag up some of the rumours that have circulated yes. online. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> people are going to be asking about it, so we'll make sure this is more than likely not true. But there are claims that. The, the, re- the creativity of the rumour is absolutely superb. This is more than likely not true. We don't think it's true. The second tier does not endorse this rumour. But there's a rumour circulating that Gary Medine fights pe- pays people to fight him in the street. Uh, yeah. This is more than likely not true. I just want to make sure that's clear it's, because I don't want to be sued. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's from a fan forum, um, which is obviously very reliable for good information. Oh, yeah. Um, an IT case so yeah yeah definitely Uh, Luton's plans to build a new stadium are back on track after a legal challenge had threatened the project the club have announced the Hatters want to fund a new 17,500 capacity stadium in the town centre by building a new shopping and leisure facility which is nice isn't it yeah yeah, that'd be double the size of Kenilworth Road I think I mean they're probably hard about to do for a new ground but I'll miss Going to Kenilworth. Oh yeah, Kenilworth it's one Road. of the last grounds that has a bit of uniqueness about it. Yeah, isn't it? because now the world a bit concreteish. Mm, now we're, lo- we're losing Griffin Park this season. We're going to we're going to be losing another. So it's, it is a shame, but you know, for Luton to probably hit that next level, they need it. Yeah, and finally, the first British astronaut to go into space has claimed aliens exist, and it is possible they are living among us on Earth. Doctor Helen Sharman said, "There's no two ways about it that aliens exist." What do you think of that? It's deep. It's very really, deep. Really deep. Reminds me of a, you know, that Robbie Earnshaw tweet from a couple <laughs> years ago. Who's <laughs> to say the aliens weren't here before us? Ooh. Ooh. There we go. Uh, let's do some polls, Justin. At the start of the episode, we asked you three very important questions. The first one was Who do you think is more likely to drop out of the top two, Leeds or West Brom? Which one would you go with? Back over to Leeds. 77% said Leeds. Mm. Mm, interesting. If you were given the chance to sign any of these strikers on loan, who would you get? Billy Sharp, Lyle Taylor, Connor Wickham or Corley Woodrow? I have a love for Lyle Taylor, but Corley Woodrow is ridiculously good. 43% said Billy Sharp, 37% said Lyle Taylor, and then Woodrow and Wickham are kind of just fighting out between themselves for last place. And finally, do aliens exist? Yes. 63% said yes. There you go. I mean, to get um, boring about it, you know, it depends on the definition of alien. Go on. I can't be bothered to explain it. Well, it's all about definition, so something is alien to me means I'm not used to it. Oh, you're getting too deep into it. Yeah, exactly. Craig Bryson pub quiz time, (laughs) Justin. This is the part of the show where me or Justin quiz each other with a random championship legend. Justin has six clues for me for a championship player who has over 200 championship appearances. All I've got to do is try and guess who the bugger is. Justin, hit me with the first clue, please. I've made 269 appearances, scoring 80 goals. So he's a goalkeeper. (laughs) 269 is quite a lot. That is quite a lot. Appearances. Yeah, yeah. Not goals. <laughs> that would be a hell of a lot. Uh, I'm going to go with somebody like Lee Tomlin. No. Scoring 80 goals. He's scored quite a few. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> I have played for four teams across the Championship, making my debut in 2004-2005 for Cardiff City. Okay, then. 
Uh, he made his debut for Cardiff. Yes. So that would imply he's probably still playing if it was only 2004, 2005, uh, maybe just coming towards the end of his career. Maybe. Um, I can't think of anyone. Next one. I won three promotions in my time in the Championship, being a key player in every campaign. In your opinion? Well, the amount of appearances he's made and goals he scored, he fair. has to be a fairly significant player in those, yeah, in those campaigns. Fair point. Three promotions? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been relegated a few times as well. Yeah. Uh, oh, I can't think of anyone. He's been promoted twice with the same team. Okay. I'm going to... Oh, I can't think of anyone. Next one. Oh, this is not going well for you. No. I've had spells in the Premier League for Stoke, Crystal Palace, Birmingham City and Norwich City. Say them again. I've had spells in the Premier League for Stoke City, Crystal Palace, Birmingham City and Norwich City. I was going to say Andy Johnson. But that's not right at all, is no. it? That was a while ago. I'll, give you, I'll let you have another guess because you've been terrible. I, I pity you right now. Birmingham, Norwich, Palace and Birmingham. No, I said Birmingham twice there, yeah. didn't I? Stoke. Stoke. Oh, God, this is hard. I feel like it's fairly obvious, though. Mm. How many clues have I got left? Two? Yeah. Okay, I can... Well, no, you've got technically got one left, but I've got a bonus one. Why have I only got... Oh, no. Yeah, I've got two left. Yeah, I was going to say. Go on, next one. I scored on my Europa League debut for Stoke in the 2012-2013 season against Dinamo Kiev. Right, so he's part of that Stoke team. That Stoke team. That famous Stoke team. This is peak Pulis era. I feel like I should know this. I'm trying to think. Can I ask you a question? Okay. Is he Welsh? No. (laughs) 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 Oh. Go on, last one. Uh, I'll give you a bonus one as well. Okay. The last clue is, I'm currently playing in Turkey. (laughs) Okay. What's the bonus one? I scored one of the most iconic Premier League goals of the decade. Mate, why would you say this to me? Because now I'm going to know who it is. He must have played pretty much... Every single game of his career, if he made that many appearances in the Championship and then played in the Premier League as well. He's a very reliable forward. He's a forward, is he? Okay. We've scored that many goals. I thought this was obvious. And you said Andy Johnson. Birmingham. Palace. Norwich. Palace was a loan spell. This is bad for you. Birmingham, Palace. Norwich... Who was the other one? Stoke. Stoke. I got David Ford in two guesses last week. Yeah, because you just guessed. And plus, I pretty much made it obvious. Okay, yeah, sure you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he English? Yeah. What? People will be shouting. Yeah. At their, uh, at whatever they're listening to. Their devices. Their devices. <laughs> oh, I can't believe I haven't got this. I'm going to give you ten seconds. <laughs> English striker, he played for Stoke. What scored one of the... He scored a half volley from about 35 yards out at Stoke's... Well, it was, I think it was the Britannia at the time. Is. I know who it is. Why did it take me this long to get him? It's Cameron Jerome. Yes, it? it is. Thank God for that. Oh, oh why my... did that take me so long? That was horrific. That stressed me out. <laughs> I am in a state right now. I've got... My stomach is hurting because of how much strain I was putting into trying to figure out who that was. This was me after the Barry Bannon thing. Oh, uh, I'm in pain. Oh, that really, really hurt. Oh, I didn't realise he played that much in the Championship. Played a lot of games. Yeah. I'm fair play to him. Big fan of Cam Jam. I, I, I absolutely loved him. Yeah, yeah. I completely forgot he was in Turkey as well. Mm. He's one of those forgettable players, really, who probably deserves a lot more credit mm, absolutely i agree with you there definitely well this has been the second tier podcast thank you for listening uh, we'll be back again on sunday if you want mind dropping us a little review on itunes that'd be great if you want to tell your friends about us that'd be even better because 
then we'll get more listeners. And more listeners is good. Isn't it, Justin? It's good for me and it's good for you. It's good enough for you. It's good enough for me. Do, 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 do. It's time to end this show. I've been Ryan Dilks. I've been Justin Peach. Thank you for listening to the second tier. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 